Hello and welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast, episode 101. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. We are in the middle of July 2021, which means that we are in the middle of the summer in Canada. And for this uh, episode, and it's not only the summer in Canada, it's also the summer in, uh, so basically North America and uh, Europe, uh, at least in those continents, this is the summer. And this is a period in which people are typically less working. People are typically taking a vacation uh, because uh, if you have children, your children are not at school. So you take the time out to either travel, regardless of the issues that we can have with uh, COVID and all the all the restrictions, or you are a bit more cautious and or you just prefer to uh, stay closer to home, travel inside your country, or uh, just stay home or stay in your uh, town. Things that you can do during your uh, vacation to make them even more useful or uh, let's say practical as what they will uh, already be is reading books that can, in my opinion, gives you a certain perspective about life, gives you a certain outlook about uh, everything that you do and what uh, you plan to do when uh, you you finish your uh, vacation. Therefore, I believe that it is good. I'm someone who, who reads a lot and I believe that there are some books which are non-fiction books that can be very useful to read during your vacation. I will um, mention five books for this episode. I'm not saying that you should read all those five books during your holidays, otherwise maybe you're spending too much time reading books, uh, maybe not enough time with your relatives, but those books can be very useful. You can read maybe one or two of those uh, of the books that I will mention. So I'm going to start by listing those five books and explain all of them individually. So the first book that I'm going to talk about is The Five Regrets of the Dying that is written by Bronnie Ware. And in that uh, book, actually, it's the story of an Australian nurse working in an intensive care unit. And she really enjoys doing that work because it gives a lot of meaning to her work. And talking with all those people that are at the end of their life, she noticed a pattern in terms of uh, what were the regrets of those people. And she listed five regrets that are uh, the most uh, common, uh, the most commonly mentioned to her. And that's what she uh, did for us is that she wrote a book, a kind of uh, autobiographic book, but uh, it's really uh, a book that focuses on the regrets of the people that she, uh, she was uh, talking with and uh, she was taking care of. So the first regret was, I wish that I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That one is very important. And I think vacation is a good moment to uh, maybe reflect on that. Are you actually living a life true to yourself? Are you actually uh, in alignment? So uh, it's everything or most of the things that you're doing on a daily basis, are they done by uh, through you being true to yourself? The choices that you have made, the choice that you keep doing, the commitments that you have uh, taken, are they really true to who you are? I believe that it is uh, very important and um, the word courage is really the key words there because usually to live a life true to yourself, you have to say no to uh, some conventional things. So uh, you have to have the courage to live a life true to yourself. 
that's really a good question to ask oneself during uh, uh, while you're on vacation. The second regret is uh, I wish I had not worked so hard. I believe that's a good one because of the definition of work is are you uh, living for work or are you working to live? Are you working to realize something or to just make a living? You know, it's really important. I believe that it's very difficult uh, to be happy if uh, the work that you do is only done by uh, obligation. Also, uh, when you think about the people that were in that intensive care unit, uh, were usually people that were at a very advanced age. Therefore, they may have lived in a period where it was kind of normal to work and to keep working somewhere where maybe you don't really like what you do or you just hate what you do, but still. You work because you just have to do it. And uh, maybe those regrets are out there. You have uh, people that spend about 40 years uh, working, doing something that they uh, don't really like. and But that's something that is very hard. And what it means is that they don't spend enough time maybe, or they are not present enough for their children, for their spouse, for their relatives. The third regret is uh, also, again, uh, with courage, is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So that's important. I, I believe um, uh, we are all uh, human beings. So we have uh, reasons and uh, we have emotion and uh, feelings uh, lead to emotions. And how do you express those? And what are they? If you have a feeling of anger, how do you manage that? You cannot fight against having the feeling. You don't fight against having it. It's how you cope with it. So it's important to uh, be able to express your feelings, but I still put a but there because um, I believe that sometimes the feeling on the emotion uh, of the moment can push you to do something or to say something that uh, will maybe not be good uh, for you long term or will maybe cause serious harm to the other person. Unfortunately, emotions of love, emotions of uh, of hate, and maybe emotions of, uh, of violence or things that can be felt by a lot of people. Does that mean that they absolutely need to express violence or uh, express hate or anger? I'm not sure. Or should they channel it in something that is positive? Maybe that's uh, something that would be uh, uh, that is maybe to think about. But it's important to express your feelings, mostly if the if you have uh, positive feelings to uh, to express to someone else, or if you have a desire to express to a loved one. I believe that it is very important to have the courage to uh, to do it. Uh, and I think that's very close to the uh, regrets of uh, living a life true to yourself. The fourth regret is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Yes, I believe that it is written with people that have not lived the WhatsApp, the Facebook period, you know, they have not grown up in that era. So today it's much easier to stay in touch with friends virtually. That does not mean that it is the same as meeting your friends face to face, holding hands, hug, kiss, you know, that's very important. I mean, uh, we have five senses, so it's not just the virtual. It's also the face-to-face -face and the real-life uh, interactions. I believe that it is very important. It really helps us to uh, to stay healthy uh, and not being uh, being isolated and not seeing people is something that is very hard, which is uh, something that a lot of people have lived uh, during this uh, pandemic, unfortunately. But I believe that it is important to, uh, uh, yes, to stay in touch with uh, your friends. Now we have way more uh, communication channels to be able to stay in touch with uh, with them wherever they are. I wish that I had let myself be happier. That is the last one. That is the fifth one. I think it uh, speaks for by itself. If you want to be happy, it's a decision. It's a decision. Be happy really with who you are, what you have, the relationships that you have. You can be happy. It's really a decision. So I repeat the regret. I wish that I had let myself be happier. So it's really an inner feeling. It's an inner emotion. We can allow ourselves to be happy. 
it's very important to uh, enjoy life and be uh, uh, and be grateful. So if you recognize yourself in one of those five regrets, uh, let me know. You can uh, really, I would be uh, very happy to have uh, to have your feedback uh, on those. So that's the first of the five books that I wanted to uh, talk about today. So top five regrets of the dying written by Bronnie Ware. You will have a link to the book uh, in, the, in the show notes, of course. The second book is a book that is a bit more spiritual. And it's uh, written by Eckhart Tolle. It's a German-born person that is today living in Canada. And it's um, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. How I interpret this book is that it's an important book in terms of uh, understanding that uh, we are here and we are now. Uh, And um, it's really a book about presence. Instead of always living in the past, uh, worrying about the future, Actually, our being, who we are, is here and now. That's the only truth and the only reality is the here and the now. And I believe that it is a, a magnificent book. Uh, a bit spiritual, a bit deep, so uh, it's maybe not for every uh, every reader, but I believe that it's a very good book. And one thing that I wanted to share about uh, this book is um, the importance of uh, purpose in terms of your life journey. So bear with me. For a minute, I'm going to uh, cite part uh, of one page uh, of the book, The Power of Now. So the section is called the inner purpose of your life's journey. So when you are on a journey, it is certainly helpful to know where you are going or at least the general direction in which you are moving. But don't forget, the only thing that is ultimately real about your journey is the step that you're taking at this moment. That's all there ever is. Your life's journey has an outer purpose and an inner purpose. The outer purpose is to arrive at your goal or destination, to accomplish what you set out to do, to achieve this or that, which, of course, implies future. But if your destination or the steps you're going to take in the future take up so much of your attention that they become more important to you than the step you're taking now, then you completely miss the journey's inner purpose, which has nothing to do with where you're going or what you're doing, but everything to do with how. It has nothing to do with future, but everything to do with the quality of your consciousness at this moment. The outer purpose belongs to the horizontal dimension of space and time. The inner purpose concerns a deepening of your being in the vertical dimension of the timeless now. Okay, I hope I have not lost anyone because I believe that it's, uh, there were very long sentences first, uh, but also um, the words that are used are actually capitalized. Uh, that means that he's uh, giving another meaning to the word. But basically, uh, he's talking about the fact that uh, when you're on a journey, whichever journey you are right now, parenting, entrepreneurship, studying, uh, sports, whichever journey you are now, uh, there is only one truth about it is the truth of the here and the now. And each journey, has an inner purpose, and that's the inner purpose really that uh, enable you to uh, to be there, to be here and now. And it also has an outer purpose, and that outer purpose is really thinking about, I'm going to finish my study in five years. My kid will be 18 years old in three years. I want to get, I don't know, 100K a year. So these are the outer purposes. And let's not forget in the life journey who we are, and uh, the thing that we are is really here and now. That's the only thing that is real. So very good book about presence. Now I'm going to talk about a book that is a bit more business, but I, I believe it's a hack for life. It's not just business. 
That book is called The One Thing. It's written by Gary Keller. The subtitle is The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. And that book is centered around one question, just one question. That's the focusing question. I love that question. And I believe that before doing any choice, any choice of new activity, new project, anything that you want to do in your life, in every aspect of your life, ask yourself that question and everything will be much clearer. The question is the following. What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? So I repeat that question because I really love that question. (laughs) What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. And just by this question, maybe you don't even need to read the book, but actually, no, the, the book is really well written, but everything is there. When you decide to do, a, to do a business, you decide to start a sport, you decide to travel somewhere, but you also have all those uh, items in your bucket list. But what is the item? What is the item of your, uh, of your life bucket list or for year bucket list of, your, uh, of all your goals? If you focus on that and if you achieve it, it will make everything else, all the other things, unnecessary or easier. That is so important. And I will just read a small paragraph about multitasking because I really love it. I like how it is written. The title of the paragraph is Multitasking is a lie. It's a lie because nearly everyone accepts it as an effective thing to do. It has become so mainstream that people actually think it is something they should do and do as often as possible. We not only hear talk about doing it, we even hear talk about getting better at it. More than 6 million web pages offer answers on how to do it, and career websites list multitasking as a skill for employers to target and for prospective hires to list as a strength. Some have gone so far as to be proud of their supposed skill and have adopted it as a way of life. Wow. But it's actually a way of lie. So instead of a way of life, it's a way of lie. For the truth is, multitasking is neither efficient nor effective. In the world of results, it will fail you every time. When you try to do two things at once, you either can't or won't do either well. That's a, wow, that's a very powerful uh, paragraph about uh, multitasking uh, and really the idea of focusing on one thing. It's really a book that is not big, uh, but it's uh, so key and so, so important. And um, yes, it's important for business, but it's also important for uh, your personal life. Another thing very related to uh, The One Thing, um, and that's a book that had been written a a bit more recently by James Clear, Atomic Habits. And in that book of uh, Atomic Habits is about breaking away from uh, having bad habits and create good habits. And for that, Clear has introduced a four-step model for human behavior. And that four-step model provides you with a framework that enable you to create those good habits and break away from those bad habits. So in that uh, four-step model, we have two steps that are in the problem phase, and then we have uh, the third and fourth step that are in the solution phase. So the first step is the cue. So the cue is really something that uh, makes you think. So for example, you want to have the habit of eating healthy. And uh, one cue is that uh, while you're driving, you see uh, a big red sign which can either be McDonald's, which can either be KFC or whatever. But most of the fast food have like the, the logo is usually in, uh, in red with maybe uh, some, some yellow or, or orange. That gives you a cue that uh, you have access to good junk food that you should break away from and you could stop to go there. The cue will uh, lead you to the second step, which is the craving. 
So the queue gave you uh, the idea of uh, junk food, and now you start to crave the junk food. So that's the problem phase. The solution phase is what you do against it. It's the response. So in the solution phase, the first step is the response. How will you respond? If you uh, exchange it for a good habit, whenever you see that queue, what do you do? Are you uh, dipping your hand in a pack of nuts? I don't know, but what would you do to break away from the bad habits to eat, uh, for, of eating junk food? And then the fourth step is the reward. How do you reward yourself? How do you find it rewarding to use and to get used to uh, to have a good habit? So again, the four-step model for uh, human behavior that is uh, suggested by James Clear for uh, creating good habit is first, you have a cue. Second, you have the craving, and that's the problem phase. Third, you have the response, and then the reward, which are both part of the solution phase. Extremely well-written book, uh, and uh, it makes you think about uh, everything that you do. Again, it's a great book to read if you're uh, if you're on vacation. And then, last but not least, the fifth one is um, is really a book about relationships and uh, all all relationships, all sorts of relationships. And it's called uh, Crucial Conversations, and uh, it's not written by one author actually. It's um, it's a team effort. I want to say it's uh, there are four different authors actually that uh, have written that. Uh, more than 3 million copies have been sold of that book. I, I think it's not that famous, but uh, yeah, 3 million copies. So the book is called Crucial Conversation. The subtitle is Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. So basically, what is a crucial conversation? A crucial conversation contains three elements. First of all, the conversation has to be of high stakes. So what I mean by that, you're an entrepreneur and maybe you want to close the company. No, maybe you have a girlfriend and uh, you want to uh, propose to her. So uh, uh, you uh, want to buy a house or you want to sell a house. So it's very important decision that have, uh, that have high stakes. But the conversation is not yet crucial just because uh, there are high stakes. The other thing that you need is opposing opinions. It means that the person with whom you will communicate that has a different opinion as yours. It's not even different. It's opposed to yours. So you want to sell the house, but your spouse and your children don't want that. You want to you have a business, you want to close it, but your partners doesn't want that, or your employees don't want that. That's a second component to say that we have a crucial conversation here. Stakes are high, opposing opinions. And then the third and last one that determine that the conversation is crucial is that there are strong emotions. Because you can take an important decision. You can say, okay, uh, you can tell your parents, you know, I, I want to uh, marry that girl. I want to marry this man. And your parents actually disagree. So there are high stakes because it's a, we talk about marriage. They are opposing opinion because your parents disagree, but they are not very emotional about it, actually. It's like they don't really care or they, uh, they, kind, of, uh, they kind of give up. They just say, oh, okay, I disagree, but just do whatever you want. So to be crucial, you need to have strong emotions. You know that there will be strong emotions. You know, as a CEO or as a partner, when you say, okay, I want to sell my stake, I want to sell the company, you know that uh, you will face opposing opinions and strong emotions. How do you manage those crucial conversations? And there is a framework, again, that is uh, suggested here uh, by the four authors of this book. And this book is uh, maybe a bit underrated. Not many people talk about it, but it is so, so, so important. Uh, It has helped me a lot uh, in my life too. I believe that the quality of your life uh, will increase through one of the signs that the quality of li- your life increases is how you manage to have crucial conversations. Really, uh, I believe it's a, a passport to freedom. I really do. I really believe that a lot of people die 
while not having had the courage to uh, have those crucial conversations, which uh, I think it's a, a great way to uh, end the episode because I, I make a link between the fifth book, the last book that I was talking about and the first book that I was talking about with the five regrets of the dying. So I'm going to repeat the five books that I have mentioned that to me are great to read while you're on vacation. Don't read all the five maybe, but choose one or two. The first one was from Bronyware, intensive care unit nurse uh, from Australia, the top five regrets of the dying. You really want to have all those life lessons there. The second one, a little bit more spiritual, The Power of Now, very deep, a guide to spiritual enlightenment written by Eckhart Tolle, fellow Canadian. The third one, a little bit more business, but good for life in general. The one thing, again, I repeat that magnificent question what is the one thing that i can do such that everything else become easier or unnecessary absolutely fantastic book another fantastic book atomic habits by james clear uh, the four-step model that framework that helps you to uh, break away from bad habits and uh, create good habits very important books and last but not least crucial conversations uh, with that triangle of crucial conversations of uh, high stakes opposing opinion and strong emotions so I don't know how is your emotion at, at the end of uh, this episode, but to me, my emotion is that maybe uh, I need to uh, read maybe another uh, new book. And um, I hope that uh, you have liked the episode. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have already read actually uh, uh, one of those books. Uh, if you're interested into reading it, uh, the li link to them, and these are not affiliate links at all, but I'm going to put links uh, about all those five books in the show notes. So uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I am available on, uh, on LinkedIn. You can send me a direct message or you can send an email to uh, info at erphappy.com. I will be very, very happy to answer any of your uh, messages. So thank you very much. And we talk again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekourat.